is good. I, uh, as I was preparing for today and just uh, spending time with the Lord this week, it was a rather busy week, but just spending time with Him in the between times, riding down the road, praying in the Spirit, and just uh, spending time with Him. He just kept stirring in my heart about expectancy. And um, then this morning, Tina and I were listening to a teaching before we came to church, and uh, he was talking about expectancy. I said, God, you trying to say something? <laughs> and uh, then we, we get here into all of this. The prophetic is so strong, and people are uh, being released and being free. And as I'm looking for my notes on here, let me uh, <clears throat> read something I got from Eddie. Eddie didn't come up, but... Uh, he said, I had a vision of our church standing at, the, at a split sea, but we weren't running from an enemy. We were walking into a new destiny and a new season. As we walked, the waves on each side were filled with the angels of heaven instead of fish, and they were cheering us on and praising God that we were walking into our destiny. God is saying, I'm taking you to a new place, but we have to move towards it. That is so good. And I just felt like the Lord saying that, he kept stirring in my heart. Last week I talked about dreaming again. I talked about uh, being able to see past what we see, and that was kind of the heart of what I was saying and how God's saying that uh, I want to turn a switch in you to, to the things that used to look at you like you, the things you used to look at as they were going to be a defeat to you, as they're already a defeated foe. And we have to walk in that position, not being overwhelmed by the lies of the enemy. That's what he does. He's a liar. And uh, not being moved or overwhelmed by the lies of the enemy, but moving forward, knowing that our God has already gone before us and he's already conquered. Amen. That's a good word right there, even if I said it. Because I felt like the Lord was saying some things to us this morning. I, I knew, I'm not going to speak long because I think today's a day of activation. Not just for the team that's going down. It's so easy for us to, to resolve that, well, there's a team leaving to go, so those are the ones that, that God's going to really do something in. And I don't believe that. I think God's activating all of us, and He's sending all of us to do what He's called us to do. That it's so easy to look and go, well, that's what God's telling them to do, but I'm just supposed to be here. And God says, no, I've called all of you to make a difference, to have an impact where you are. That's his commission to all of us. And I just felt as we were singing, as we were in worship, there was such an activation that was taking place that the Lord was saying, and, and I love what Katie said, that there had to be a response. Are you with me? Because if we do not respond in faith, then all we become is religious. If there's not an opportunity for us to respond in faith, that we just become religious. So as we entered into worship, the Lord said, I will meet expectancy. I will succeed, I will supersede expectancy. And as he was saying that to me, I'm like, all right, Lord, what does that mean? He, he was just, that was this morning before I came. He said, what can you see happening in the service? I said, I can see people really being free. I can see people being stirred and encouraged and strengthened. And that sounds, well, that's just blank. No, I mean, people being beyond emotionally stirred up. And then as we were singing, we were saying, spirit, come. Spirit come. I mean, and Tina's already done this, but I was, I was looking at her and she was right. And I said, you got something? She just looks at me. <laughs> I said, amen. But as we were sitting there, I could just feel, he said, you've invited me to come. I, listen, if you look, 
in the scriptures, everywhere Jesus showed up, he made a difference. When Jesus was moved with compassion, he moved. He did something. And we cried. We were saying, Spirit, come. Spirit, come. And he comes. And we, I felt the presence of the Lord come. And it's not like he's away and waiting for us to come. And I've shared this before, but even on the day of Pentecost, when it says the Holy Spirit fell on them, that's the same word when, when uh, Heather was talking about the father, when the father fell on the prodigal son. It didn't mean he was running at him and fell and tripped and knocked the son down. That's not what it means. When it says that the father fell on the son in the scriptures, it means that he embraced him. He hugged him. In Acts, when it says the Holy Spirit fell on them, they were in one accord in the upper room in Acts 2. And it says, uh, in Acts 1.8, he said, go wait in Jerusalem till you be endued with power. The gift of the Holy Spirit is going to come. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit fell on them in the upper room, the day of Pentecost, it said he fell on them. That word fell means he embraced them. He came in a, in a father's embrace. Why? Because he's one with the father. And he wants us to know what that embrace is like. He wants us to know what that love is like. And he, he said, I'm, you asked me to come and I came. And how did I come? I came in grace. So much grace. He didn't speak to me this week. He said, Todd, you don't even understand my grace. And I go, I know, Lord, help me. <laughs> help me. I want to understand. And what Louise said was so good in our mistakes, here's what I, I can tell you from experience. In our mistakes, it's so easy for us to be derailed by our mistakes. Because we're, we're moving forward, we make a mistake, and then all of our momentum, we shut down. Our mistake does not shut our momentum down. We shut it down when we stop moving forward and start looking at the mistake that we made. When we look at the past and when we look at, as Brittany said, the things that we're dragging behind us instead of looking for the Savior who's gone before us. And he said, I'm, I'm wanting to do some things. I just need you to partner with me and believe that I want to do them. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say that I can do them, but that I want to do them. There's a big difference. We all know. Any, anyone who goes to church would say, just about anyone, I, I'll be... Gracious. Just about anyone who goes to church would say, God is powerful and God can do anything. But you poll those same people and very few of them would think that God would do it for them. Or that he could do it for them. So as I was praying and I was reading through, uh, I've told you, I've been stuck for some time in Mark chapters 6, 7, and 8. And as I was uh, reading in those this week and as I was spending time with the Lord, I, I was looking at Mark chapter 7 and Matthew chapter 15. They're parallel passages. Uh, Matthew's re uh, recording of the gospel, of the go according to Matthew, there's the gospel according to Matthew in chapter 15. And then in Mark chapter 7, they're saying the same things pretty much, but from different perspectives. And as I was looking at it, there's one story that I uh, one account. It's not a story because a story sounds like make-believe. This isn't a story. It's an account of an actual th uh, event that happened in the history of our world. And there's this account in Mark chapter 7 and in Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 15. And it's this. In Mark chapter 7, I'll read it Mark chapter 7 first because that's where I've been meditating. Verse 24, Mark 7, 24 says, From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. I talked about this now for almost two weeks. And he entered a house, and he wanted no one to know it, 
but he could not be hidden. I'll keep going for now. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat, uh, dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, this is, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. That's a good word. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28 says this, Then Jesus went out of, the, out of there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came to, from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. From that very hour, her daughter was healed. And as I was meditating on this, the first thing that the Lord really ministered to my heart and, and we've talked about this some before, but in verse, chapter, verse 24 of chapter 7 in Mark's gospel, he said this, From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But this last part of the verse just wrecked me. But he, but could, he could not be hidden. <laughs> he could not be hidden. I put before you today, when we represent the real Jesus. He won't be hidden. He cannot be hidden. It's not based on how well we articulate. It's based on our willingness to be sensitive to do what he does and say what he says and to hear what he, he's saying to us so that we can declare it out. But when we do, he will not be hidden. This woman heard about Jesus, and he was trying to hide, and he couldn't hide because the word about who he was was spread abroad so very much. Now, in the, the Oreo of this, if this is the cream, the Oreo of this is before, before the cookie on top, before this happened, is Jesus was in all the communities all around the Sea of Galilee. All around the Sea of Galilee, he was traveling, and everywhere he went, people were being healed. Now, I want to bring emphasis to one other thing that Jesus said. In, Mark, in Matthew, he said this in verse 24. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, here's the word sent. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 24, he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In, Mar in Mark's gospel, he said... I must first give the bread to the children. So what the Lord was speaking to my heart when I looked at this, I broke down this sentence. The word sent is the word apostello, where we get our word apostle. And it means one commissioned and sent. So what Jesus is saying here, 
Because I've heard this preached that Jesus was exclusive and he was saying, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with the Gentiles. I'm just going to have something to do with the Jews because that's the only ones I can talk to. What he was saying is, my father commissioned me to go to the Jews. And in Mark's gospel, Mark cleared it up by saying, I must first give it to the Jews. Are you tracking with me? He was not looking at this woman saying, you're a dog, you're not worth it. What he was saying is, my commissioning is to the Jews. My commissioning is to the Jews. But here's what happened. This woman, because she had heard about Jesus and it wasn't enough to just hear, she not only heard about Jesus, she said, I'm going to do something about what I've heard. She would not have been welcome in a Jewish home. So if Jesus went in a house and he was hiding, he wouldn't have went into a Gentile house. He was gone into a Jewish house because that's who he was commissioned to go be with, right? So he was in this house, this Gentile woman, she came in. Let's just not spiritualize this. Let's not put it way off somewhere. Let's bring it into the natural day. And let's think about if we're in a house and someone comes in that we aren't accustomed to having in our house, that could make a difference. That could stir things up a little bit. And then when she's in there and she keeps talking to the guest of honor and she wasn't invited, that could make the people in the room a little uneasy. Right? All right. Let's just throw the spiritual out the window. Let's say we're coming to your house to dinner tonight. It's Tina and I. We come to your house for dinner tonight, and you've made this special meal for us because you love us so much. Come on. And you're excited that we're there, and then somebody that's not even your neighbor just busts in the house and said, Hey, I've heard about you. I want to talk to you. And they just hijack us. You would be happy, wouldn't you? You would be sitting there going, I believe this is a spiritual moment and the Lord is here. No. No. You would be frustrated. Why? Because you made this special day, this special arrangement for people that you care about to come in. And then when they come in, someone hijacks the night. That's not going to make you happy. The disciples said, Jesus, send her away. She keeps bothering. We're here and we need some quality time with you, Jesus. We've been through all of this. We've seen all this. We're confused. You don't understand. They walked in confusion more than they walked in understanding. That's a fact, Jack. You can see it. It's recorded plainly for us. They were confused more than they were uh, clear. And they're, they're sitting there, and Jesus is hijacked by this woman. And they're saying, Jesus, just send her away. And he said, uh, he looked there, and he said, I'm sent I'm commissioned to the Jews. And you know what she did? This is so beautiful. We see this. I see it in the life of David. I see it in this woman. I see it in uh, Jairus, whose daughter, who was also a Gentile. Do you understand? The only two places in the New Testament that Jesus referred to great faith, both times he was talking to Gentiles who were outside of covenant. Both times. It wasn't any of the Jews. And that's what made the Pharisees so mad. And he even, in his teaching, he even referred to two Gentile references in the Old Testament, like Elijah going to the widow. He was constantly saying, I've come, but you've rejected me, so there's, there's, I'm going to open it up to the, to the whole earth. And see, here's what I want us to understand, too. As I was studying this, the Lord said, look, when I said I was coming to the Jews, it wasn't that I was exclusive to just the Jews and everybody else could go to hell. It wasn't that. They were supposed to be the vehicle that ushered in the presence of God, the kingdom of of God on the earth, so that we can encounter God on the earth. And they rejected it. And God said, because they rejected it, I'll go to the Gentiles, and I'll do that through them. That's awesome. 
And he said, I, 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 he wasn't rejecting them that I don't want them. What he was saying is he had come for the house of Israel, but they rejected him. And the Lord was just talking to me about how he desires to, to not just demonstrate himself to us, but to demonstrate himself through us. So this woman, she comes in. And you know what she did? This beautiful. David did it. She pulled something after the cross, before the cross. Because salvation was for the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right? So salvation is not just you get born again and you get to go to heaven. You don't have to go to hell. Right? The word salvation, sozo, it means healing, deliverance, prosperity. That's what's inside of that word we call salvation. When we give a salvation call or a call, altar call for people to be born again, what we think about is, well, they, do, they don't need to go to hell. We don't we keep everybody from going to hell. Do I want anybody to go to hell? No. Jesus said he wasn't willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But salvation is not just, I don't have to go to hell. Salvation is encountering, experiencing the life of God like Jesus walked in here on the earth. And this woman, through faith, she reached on the other side of the cross where Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. That's what he told Peter, right? Peter's in a vision in Acts, and a sheet comes down, and everything on it was, looked unclean. And Peter said, I'm not touching that because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a religious person. And the Spirit of the Lord said, don't call unclean what I've called clean. He was telling Peter, it's that I'm going to reach out to the Gentiles who've been called unclean, and they're going to be part of my family. Paul, his ministry was dedicated to letting us know, if you don't understand that, read Galatians, read Romans. It's really clear that he's saying that this message is for the Gentiles, that they were considered unclean without a covenant, uncircumcised, but I've brought them in. I've grafted them now. It's one family. This woman, prior to any of that happening, because she had heard of Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. I, I, I want participation here. How many of you, I'm serious, everybody look at me. Everybody quit doing what you're doing, look at me. How many of you, before you came to church today, have heard of Jesus? To the best of my recollection, my eyesight, everybody in here raised their hand. So everyone in here has heard of Jesus. This woman had heard of Jesus, but there was something different. She mixed her faith with what she had heard. And she received something that was not for her day. How much more us, who it is for our day, if we'll not just hear about Jesus, but we'll believe that he's really as good as we've read and heard that he is. And as we believe that, with faith we grab hold of it, and we see Jesus do what he said he would do. Even as Wes said in his word, that's what I love about Jesus. He's constantly wanting to, to weave a tapestry in front of us, and he wants everyone to bring their thread. Everybody's, everybody's input is what makes it as beautiful as it is, because we're all different. And when Wes said, uh, when he, he talked about that, I just went blank. Wes, what did you say? <laughs> Yeah, it was about the tapestry. I, got so, I saw the tapestry in my mind and just went blank about everything else. But something Wes said was so good, it went right with what I was just saying, and I can't remember either of them. No, nope, that's good too, but that's not it. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. It'll come back to me, Lord willing. 
he's willing. I just got to quit thinking about so many things at one time. That tapestry just threw me off. But anyway, God is desiring to use all of us to weave all of us into his tapestry to do what he's calling us to do. There's no one left out. There's no one excluded. Our part is to believe and to operate by faith and connect with what God is doing. It's not just a team going to the Dominican Republic. It's every one of us who will say, Jesus, I see you, I hear you, and I want to do what, what you're calling us to do. This woman reached on the other side of the cross to grab hold of something that she believed, and she saw the manifestation in her life right then. It said at that hour, right? It didn't say later on in the day. It said at that very hour, her daughter was made well. In that hour, her daughter was made well. And he looked at her and he said, and this was so, so cool when I was studying this. He looked at her and he said, great is your faith. That word great is the word megas, where we get our word mega. And I, and, uh, I can remember in the 80s, I even searched it this morning to make sure I was accurate. Everything was mega in the 80s. That was the tag word, mega. And it, it, you know what I found out? I wish Stephen was here, but because I found out a lot of Stephen's lingo's out of the 80s. Because <laughs> he uses boy toy all the time. That's a word, that was a big word in the 80s. It was a, there was three or four, I'm looking down this list of popular sayings in the 80s, and I'm like, that, Stephen says that. Stephen got me saying that. <laughs> Stephen says that. <laughs> I love Stephen. But I was looking at all these words, but MAGA, it was one of those things. And you know what it means? It's, uh, it's used a lot in science, and it, it, mega is a, 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 precedent, it's a preceding uh, part of a word, a conjunction, and it means a million, a million parts of whatever follows. Uh, and I'm not a scientist, so I didn't really care what the words were, but mega in the front means a million of whatever follows. Are you with me? And he said to this woman, great is your faith. And, and listen, when I think about that, when he said great is your faith, there was value to her faith. It wasn't that it was just more demonstrative than everyone else. He was saying, no, there's value to your faith. And I feel like what the Lord is saying to us today, there's value in you. I placed it in you. He's given to every man a measure of faith. So there's value in you to do beyond what you think you can do if you'll partner with me and let me do it. It's not just hearing. She heard about Jesus. You know what? The religious people heard about Jesus. We see right here Mark 6, 7, and 8. In Mark chapter, I can't remember if it's 7 or 8. I read them both so much this week. that The Pharisees came to Jesus and asked for a sign. But you know what that is? That's the spirit of religion is trying to manipulate a move of God. A spirit of religion will always try to control what God is doing. It'll not want to partner with if it can't control it. It'll say it didn't look like that when I, when I experienced it the first time, or that's new to me, so I don't understand. So if you have those thoughts going on with you, if you hear those things happening to you, a lot of times, it, I'm not saying you're a, you have a religious devil, but a lot of times when that thing says, well, I've never seen it like this before, that's religion trying to hold back in your life what God's wanting to release. Because it doesn't look like what we're familiar with. That's what they said. They, Jesus, who is this man? We know who he is. He's, he's Mary's son. He's a carpenter. And they couldn't hear. They couldn't receive because their mind was shut down to it. But this woman, she said, and this is what, I, this is what was so good. 
She said, yes, but. And the Lord said to me, Todd, I wish my people would say yes, but more often. She looked and he said, you're a Gentile and I'm an apostle sent to the Jews. She said, yes, but. Even those little dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Do you understand? She understood that he was the bread of life. How did she address him? Lord, son of David. You know what? She had understanding. She wasn't a Jew, but she had understanding of what they believed because she knew when the Messiah came, he would be of the root of David. He'd be the son of David. She understood that. I'm sure there were people in the room who knew all about Bible and didn't know who he was. But she knew who he was. And she acknowledged who he was. And she said, yes, I understand that what I've seen and what I've heard about what's going on in Jerusalem, in in Galilee, around Galilee, the people that are being healed, the dumb are speaking, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, the maimed are being healed. Think about that. The man with the withered hand. You you see people, and this man, his hand was withered, and Jesus didn't even touch him. He just told him, stand up, and he told him to reach forward, and his hand grew out. She heard about that, and she knew that was the promise, that was the covenant that God said when the Messiah comes, he's going to be a man of miracles. And she had enough faith to go, this is that man. And if I can just get a little of what I've seen right here, it'll be enough. That's so good. If I can just get a little of what I see going on around me, it'll be more than enough. And what was her daughter? She was severely demon-possessed. It doesn't say that she just acted a fool every once in a while. It says she was severely demon-possessed. So there was a lot of stuff going on with this girl, manifestations that were going on with this girl that she knew <clears throat> that there was something serious going on. And that did not move her, even though she was a woman outside of covenant. Why? Because she heard of Jesus. So what are you saying? I'm telling you this. It's Irrelevance seems so strong. Irrelevant what's going on in our lives if we know who Jesus is. Not just He's Savior, but who is He to this situation that's going on in my life right now? Not who is He to Kendall or who is He to Wes. Who is He to me? And what is it that He has for me out of His covenant for me right here where I am right now? When we can connect with that, when we can say, Jesus, I see who you are, who who the word has proven that you are, and this is who you are to me. That's where we can release faith and partner with what God is doing and has already done in the earth. See, we're not this woman who's trying to reach beyond something to grab something that's not for us today. He's already provided. The word says he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ Jesus. The gifts and the callings of God, they've already been poured out on us. It's not that we have to beg God. We don't have to tarry and wait for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's already been freely poured out. We don't have to wait for the manifestations of the gifts of God to be seen in us or to be seen through us. What we have to do is believe that they're for us. That was the word that kept coming today, is that we would believe what God has already done and that we would walk in it, that we would receive it, we would believe it, and that we would partner with it and walk in it. That's where activation is so important. That's where when Emily said to to look to your neighbor, to your right or to your left, and give them a word. 
And for some of you, it may have been the first time you've ever received anything like that. That's the way you should feel. You should feel sad. Because that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to walk in that every day. He wants us to know not just about Him, but to know Him and allow who He is to speak to us and to speak through us. So here in, um, in Matthew and in Mark, here's what's so pretty, what's so beautiful. This, this young this woman with, the young, with her daughter, this demon-possessed, Jesus looked to her and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Was that some deep theological statement? No, you know what it was? It was a statement of dependence. It was a statement of saying, God, I don't know what to do, but I know you're the one who has the answer and you can do something. So what are you saying? Our prayers don't have to be these eloquent things that have thou arts and, and all that stuff in them. It's a good thing because I can't do that. I can't, I can't pray that way uh, because it, I'll just mess it up. And even this week, I was riding down the road and the Lord was ministering to my heart. Because how many of you ever, when you go to pray for someone, you go, Lord, I pray for, Father, I pray for, anybody ever done that? And the Lord spoke to my heart. This is just how he talks to me. He said, time out. I'm Lord, that's right. I know what you're doing. You don't have to preface it with, I pray for so-and-so or anything like that. He said, you stand up and you tell people, I'm your dad. I'm your father. I'm your dad. All that. He said, you do all that, but then you come to me and you go, Lord, I pray for. Like, I don't know why, you, why you're there. So he said, just talk to me like you would talk to your dad. I don't call my dad and say, Dad, I'm asking for, would you maybe? No, I just says, I say, what's up, Pop? That's what I do. Hey, Potch, what are you doing? What are you doing? And we begin a conversation. It's not formal. Sometimes Dad will call me, and then he'll start talking to somebody else in the room. I had to go, hey, Dad, you called me, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. <laughs> that's just this dad. That's not that dad. That's this, I'm just kidding. But he said, when you come to me, you've made it so formal because you've heard it all your life, and so you, just, you think it's right. Father, I pray for. He said, just come to me. I'm Papa. I'm Dad. That's why when Jesus referred to Abba, that's a term of endearment. It's like Daddy, Papa. If father is a, is a term of endearment to you, there's nothing wrong with that. But so many times father sounds so far off and so formal that it's not approachable. Father, may I come near father? No, he's daddy. He's papa. Right? And he said, when you come to me, come to me that way. And then I love what Ben said because I could feel people's hair on the back of their neck stand up. When Ben said, this is his playroom. I felt religious devils go, <laughs> this is not a playroom. This is the house of God. <laughs> no, this is not the house of God. This is the house of God. Amen. This is where we can gather corporately and be the body of God. Amen. And what we saw today was the body operate as the body. But this is not the house of God. This is a local gathering of his body. 
This is the house of God. And we have this mentality that we'll call Him Father, but we have Him Father in a sterile room that you can't come in, that you can't get Him dirty. And we can't get Him dirty, but He can get us clean. And the lie of the enemy is don't go in. You're not good enough. You don't look right. You don't smell right. Don't go in. And He's always saying, just come to me. Just come to me. I want you to come. And when you come, you don't have to have any inhibitions. You don't have to have any restraint. You can come running in to me. And I love to see it as with young kids when they come running to their dad. They never, I mean never, I've never seen a kid, a child, a young child, three, four, five years old, running at their dad and then stop and check themselves. There's, oh, snap, I got a wrinkle. I got dirt on my knee. They don't do it. When they run to dad, they run. They don't care if they've got mud on them. They could care. Last night we were at a, my aunt's 60th wedding anniversary and Brianna and Tina were feeding Annalise carrots. I wouldn't do it to the child, but they say it's good for her. They're feeding her carrots and Brianna put some in and she's trying to wipe it off. Well, before she can get it off, Annalise found something to get it off. It was Tina's chest and, and shirt. <laughs> she just went. <laughs> and it was off and Tina's was orange and orange. And Annalise didn't go, I can't believe I did that. I'm so disappointed in myself. She spun back around. She was oblivious to the fact that she got carrots on Tina. But we're so conscious of our shortcomings that we can't see the grace that he's covering us with. And we get so distracted by the things that drag behind that we can't see what he's put before us. He told me some time ago, I'm a visual person, and he showed, I saw it this way, like I was holding something here but I was reaching for this. But I was holding this. And I was reaching. And I could, get, I could get close, but I couldn't get there. And he said, you'll never get there till you let go of here. As long as you're holding here, it's keeping you from there. Is this, is this a reality? I'm not being facetious. Is this real? This is real. It's here. I'm here. That's a reality. But I can't get to what's real because I'm holding on what's past. And he said, until you let go and trust me. And you know what's sad? Is that many times this is familiar. It's terrible. It's painful. It's condemning. But it's familiar. So we'll hold on to what's familiar because we're afraid of the unknown. You know what that tells me? That we don't know our Father. This is what he's been speaking to me. With something as little as, Father, I pray for. Instead of saying, hey, Dad, this person's really been on my heart. And I know if they've been on my heart, they're on your heart. So, Dad, I want to see them like you see them. So that I can love them like you love them. Because if we can begin to love like he loves, we'll see people set free. We'll see people delivered. Not because of our uh, antics 
or our charismatic demeanor, but because of the love of the Father coming through us. So as we were in worship this morning, we were praying, the Lord began to really stir my heart. And uh, <laughs> you know, I always say, God is calling us out. He's stretching us. He wants us to go somewhere we've never gone before. And, and that's all good when it's not you. Right? That's exciting when you're telling people, man, stretch. Go for something you've never gone for before. It's not common for you. And you stretch normally, but this is not something you, you stretch at. In the natural, like this. I was in the gym the other day, and I was stretching. We were getting ready to go run. And the guy that I trained with, he said, I'm, I'm very flexible. Not as flexible as Tim, but I'm very flexible. I can take this leg and just about put it behind my head. I can put it like right beside my ear. But he said, I want you to do something different. I want you to lay and put that leg up under you and then just kind of rock. He said, it'll really stretch your hip flexors out. So I'm like, all right. So I laid and I, I put my leg up under me. And I could lay flat. With this leg under me, I can lay flat. And I'm laying there. And he said, now just slide back a little further. So I slid back a little further and I rocked. Well, the next morning I got up. And I went to bend over like this. And I was like, <laughs> what the what? I'm flexible. You know why? Because I stretched a way I had never stretched before. And it physically affected my body. So I'm going to stretch. And I'm not doing this to embarrass anyone. I'm doing this because I feel like it's the Lord. And I can miss it. And I'm okay with that. But I know I'll miss it if I don't say anything. So, Gray. Uh, man, as we entered into worship today, I felt like the Lord, I, I was, He kept speaking to my heart. And, uh, and I'm like, all right, God, what is it? What is it? And I leaned and I asked Tina, because your name just went, just like whatever Wes said that was so important that I forgot, your name just left me. <laughs> and I said, what's his name? And she said, Gray. And he said to my heart, he said that you have a heart to know about God, but it seems like things always been gray to you. There's no yes or no. There's no black and white. It's just been gray, which makes it blurry. And he said, as you look into him and you press into him, there's things that you've been gray about and you didn't understand that. He said, I'm going to give you answers that are so clear that you're not even going to, there's going to, it's going to be a struggle for you to believe it's real because it's going to be so clear. And, uh, I really felt like the Lord was saying that. That He said, I'm clearing the grain. And the best way I could describe it is mom just had cataracts cut off her eyes. Isn't that what it was? Good, I'm going to make sure I'm right. She just had cataracts cut off her eyes. And she said, I haven't ever seen so clearly. She said, it's amazing what I wasn't seeing. And I felt like that those cataracts were coming off. And the Lord said, there's things you've been looking for and you really want to know. It's not that you've been... Uh, a pessimist, but you just really want to know, but it seemed like the more you looked, the, the, the murkier it was. And he said, that's coming off in Jesus' name. <clears throat> so I just, I agree with that. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Ma'am, what's your name? Lindsay. Okay. I really felt like Lindsay, as we were in worship, the Lord really highlighted you. And uh, he said, I'm, and this sounds uh, very charismatic, and I'm okay with that. He said, I'm bringing you into a new season that I saw you. And what I saw is you was almost like you were in a hole and you were looking up and it seemed like it was dark and like the hole was closing in. And he said, I'm bringing you out of that place that, that feels like hopelessness into a place of hope that where people are going to look at you and go, that's not the Lindsay that I know because you're going to be so expectant and you're going to walk in so much joy that people are going to look and go, and, and I'm not saying you're a depressed person. I'm not saying any of that. I, I'm just saying, here's what the Lord said. Here's how he sees you. And what I've learned in my life, a prophetic word many times is God saying, I just want you to tell them how I see them because they can't see how I see them. 
And he wants you to know that, that you are a flower that's radiant, that you weren't, you weren't covered over by him, that what happened is life kicked stuff over on you, but it, what, what the enemy thought covered you up only gave you soil to grow in. And that you're getting ready to burst forth and he's going to show you things that you didn't know could happen and you're going to see things that are beyond what you could even dream because he said, I'm going to cause you to dream again. So, man, I can miss it a hundred miles. Just don't tell me because right now I'm so jacked up I could run through a wall. (laughs) Well, it's all about me anyway. No, I felt like the Lord saying this morning, before we even entered into worship, that you've come, Todd, expecting. So I'm going to open the prophetic in a way that you haven't been familiar with. And then I saw, I mean, one right after another, people started speaking prophetically. And I'm like, Lord, that's good. And he said, that's not it. I'm like, oh, no, Lord, that's good. I can run with that. He said, that's not it. He said, I've got stuff for you. And I said, you know, God, that's not me. I don't stand up here and say, hey, you in the pink shirt or hey, you over here. And he said, yeah, you are. Today, because I'm wanting to take you to a new place. You know what? That's his desire for every person in this room. Not for the team who's going to the DR, but for the body that's right here in this church. It's so amazing. He's so faithful. This church is a giving church. We make that declaration, as has been said. And in the very near future, we're going to teach through that declaration. We're not just going to make it. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to, God is stirring some things in me so strong about us going forward as a body and what that looks like and how we can walk in unity. And I'll say this, unity is not conformity. Unity does not mean everyone looks the same. But it means we're all going the same place. And that's huge. Because the church has taught unity as conformity that we've got to look like, talk alike, act alike, and if we don't do the same things, then we're not, uh, you know, that's what unity was in the upper room, that they all said the same things at the same time and everything. That's a lie out of the pit of hell to make it seem unattainable that we can't walk in unity. Unity is saying Jesus is Lord. I don't understand everything I know about him, but he's Lord, and he's Lord in my life, and I want to gather around people who know he's Lord and that he can still do anything. And as we gather together, he'll do anything. He'll show up and show off. So it's causing me to just to stir on the inside like never before. So what I want to do is I want to invite the team up that is going to the Dominican. Uh, everyone who's going to the Dominican Republic, if you would come up front. My pop coming. Come on, pop. Whoop, whoop. Come on. Is this amazing or what? This is a good looking team, isn't it? Thank God Allie can't wear those shoes in the DR. (laughs) Just saying. He's about as tall as me on the stage. I always said if anything would come back in fashion, I wish platform shoes would. Y'all don't know about that when the men used to wear them shoes, too. <laughs> anyway, I want, uh, I want you guys to pray over us. Again, now it makes a little bit more impact. If you've never been with us to the Dominican Republic, raise your hand. If you've never been with us to the Dominican Republic, 
Raise your hand. Now you see among our team who's never been to the DR who are going for this, this trip. I'm very excited. Another thing that's different is uh, Slade is the only youth going on the trip. What's awesome is Mel and Steven's family are there in the DR, and so he's got friends that are already there, which is super cool because he won't be alone uh, by himself. What I do want you to know is that right now, Stephen is here in the United States. Uh, his grandfather was really ill. He's in Baptist Hospital, so Stephen came in yesterday. He flew out Friday night and spent the night in New York and uh, flew in yesterday. I don't know. He was supposed to fly out of New York around 11. We talked. What time did he get in? He got in at 1. And uh, we talked on the phone yesterday for a long time, and then today, last night and today, we've been texting some. So Stephen is here in the U.S. Uh, not sure how long he's going to be here yet. It's really depending on how his grandfather's doing. I talked to him this morning, and he's doing better. His heart rate's really stable, has been for the past uh, day or so. So things are looking good with his grandfather. But Mel and the girls and Corey, Corey's the man of the house. <laughs> I don't know who to pray for, Corey or Mel. Uh, <laughs> but Corey, Corey... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been chatting with Corey some through, through text, and he said, man, I can't wait for y'all to get there. I said, well, we're as equally as excited to get there and uh, really looking forward to what God is going to do. And I just, I said all that to say, I believe God is doing something new with this team going down, and I'm really excited. What he's doing in the church is really new. He's doing a new work in the church with Stephen and Mel, them being there was such a God thing. I told Stephen, I said, when you first said the Lord told you to go, I thought you missed it as far as the east is from the west. It was because I didn't want him to go and didn't want Mel to go. But him being there, God has done such an amazing work in the short time they've been there to lay the foundation, the groundwork for this team to go. That's what excites me. So what I want you to pray for is not just signs, wonders, and miracles, all that, that we would literally be what I preached about today that we would be so sensitive to his voice that we could hear him and we could see what he's saying, that we would not just know about him, that we would know him so that as we go, we're his hands and we're his feet. Whatever that looks like, if it's someone being born again, if it's just loving on someone. So we're going to do things a little different this year as we go down, and Steve and I have been talking, and we, every year is a little different, but this year I'm really excited about what God's going to do. So I want you to pray over our team, yes, but I want you to pray over the families that stay here, Tim and Tiffany, their little ones, you know, their little ones are going to be here. First time they've been away from them uh, this long. I know God is going to bless the children, and I know He's going to bless Tim and Tiffany in such an amazing way. Not and not in place of anyone else on the team, but because of their obedience, that radical obedience to say yes and to do something that's uncommon. I'm I'm really excited for what God's going to do in them. So I want you to pray for them, pray for their little ones. I told them, I said, they're going to have so much fun. They're going to be like, oh, y'all are back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I, I know God is going to do amazing things. So I want you, if you will, uh, to stand. And I asked Ben, Ben, uh, to pray over us. And I'm going to step down here with the team. Yeah, you're good. Right here. Not beside an alley. 
I just ask Ben to pray over us. Thank you, Lord. Well, listen, let's, um, let's agree. Let's do, uh, let's do something here. Um, Jesus. Let's believe like you've never believed before. Yeah. Right? What Todd talked about, about the Syrophoenician woman pulling into reality something that was not yet. Yeah. Right? And the Bible says that we have a, a kingdom that is unseen. And, but yes. we, as we access it through faith, we can pull that kingdom yes. into the now. Yes. And so as much as they're going to be the hands and feet, it's important that we believe with them. Yes. And that we partner in prayer with them that they would see the things that God has in store. So listen, listen uh, extend your hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. If you want to come up, you can come up, whatever you want to do. Father, I thank you right now. Jesus. Thank you, God. I thank you that you, thank you God. have saw this day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that you have looked throughout time and you saw this day, you saw this trip, you saw these people, you saw their hearts to go. And you have a great idea. Yes, God. You have a wonderful dream in your heart for each and every one of them, Father. For them personally and for those that they're going to encounter. Yes, God. You have a, an amazing, yes, God. unbelievable, yes. life-changing, never yes. the same plan for each one of them. And so, Father, I pray just like, Paul, uh, like Todd said today, Jesus, you cannot be hidden. Yes, God. <laughs> yes, You cannot be hidden. And you're inside of everyone here. You're inside of everyone here, Father. And I pray that you would not be hidden in any form. Yes, God. In any fashion. Thank you, God. In any corner. At every single opportunity, you would not be hidden, Lord Jesus. Yes. At every moment that you'd give great faith and great boldness to represent you like never before. That every single person on this trip, they would go to a level they didn't know was possible, Jesus. Thank you, God. We ask for new levels, Father. I thank you, Father, right now. That faith that they didn't think existed would begin to happen in their hearts, Father. That they begin to dream with you. They begin to tap in to God, to your great ideas, to the dreams that you've dreamed for their lives, that they begin to tap into it right now, Father. I pray for the hidden things. I saw the Father saying that there's been hidden things inside of you. There's hidden things that are going to come out on this trip. There's hidden things that have been stuck inside of you. There are treasures inside of each and every one of you that have been hidden. They're going to come out in the name of Jesus. They will no longer be hidden in Jesus' name. I declare that in the name of Jesus. That the gifts and callings of God inside of every one of you will not be hidden any longer. But they will begin to come out. And fruit will begin to happen like never before. I see some of you experiencing and operating in anointings you didn't think you had. I see that right now. Some yeah. of you are going to begin to hear the voice of God like you've never heard it before. Yes, Some of God. you said to yourself, that's not my gift. That's a lie. That's yeah. a lie. Some of you said so that good. that's not my gift. No, it is. It's just been stuck in there. It's been dormant. And I say, yeah. activate in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Activate in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come out. Come out. Holy Ghost, come out in Jesus' name. I see the river of God beginning to burst yeah. forth like Jesus talked about. He said that, the, that anyone that believes in my name, a river of living water yes. will come forth out of their innermost being. I see that happening in the name of Jesus. Thank Lord, I thank you God. right now that there are people. I see it right now. I see the Lord preparing hearts. Thank you, God. Father, yes. I thank you that you're preparing yes. hearts right now. I see you guys being answers to prayer. Thank, thank you, God. Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for what you're going to do. Yeah. We're expectant, Father, for what you're going to do. Thank you, Dad. It's such a beautiful opportunity to be people's answers. Yes, God. To be able to bring people to the Father. Thank you, God. 
And so I see this too. I see lost sheep. Father, I thank you that you're going to make our, our yeah. team sensitive to, to where you're going. It says that the Father will leave the 99 and go find the one. And I thank you that you're making our team sensitive, sensitive to what you're doing, Father. Yeah. I pray that you give them the, just the same ability like Jesus. He could see, the, see what the Father was doing, and he left, and he went, and he stood by a well. Yeah, so good. Because he knew a woman was coming to draw yeah. water. <laughs> and he knew that woman was a key to an entire city coming to yes, the Lord. Yes, God. He knew it. And yeah. so, Father, I pray you make our team so sensitive to your spirit, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. That they would know. They would say, no, I think we need to sit down right here for a minute. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, and I just pray right now that you would amaze them. Yes, God. That they would be amazed. It said that the disciples were continually in awe. Yeah. <laughs> they were continually in awe, Father. Thank you, God. And so I thank you for that right now. I thank you that no seed will, will go on uh, bad ground, thank but you, you'll God. prepare it, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that this will be an absolute life-changing yes, experience. I declare this over you, that this will be the, this will be the theme of this trip. Yeah. Never the same. Amen. Never the same. Amen. Never the same. Yes. For you and for everyone you encounter. For the, for the river in the DR, that they'd never be the same. There'd be a shift that you guys would help bring in a shift even to yeah. our, our, our local body there. Yeah. That there would be a shift there. And that never the same would be the, would be the theme of this trip. Yes, God. We thank you and we love you. We're so excited to hear what you do, Jesus. Amen. 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 It's so good. Amen. That's so good. I uh, thank you guys so much uh, for being here today. I'm really, really excited about what, what the Lord is doing. And uh, let me s- hold on one second. So be praying. Uh, It, be praying for Stephen as he's here with his grandfather. I asked how long he was going to be in. He doesn't know yet. It's uh, depending on how his grandfather's doing. And uh, so be praying for Mel and the girls and Yuda. Uh, they're in the DR as they're down and he's here. But uh, as I said, we'll be there soon to be with them. Uh, continue to pray for our team. It's exciting to see what the Lord has already done on this side. And, and uh, one thing that... that uh, Caitlin kept saying, she said, I just see, let me see your phone. Let me see that word you had written out. Hey, Wes, let me see your song. I can't. It's still stirring in me. I know there's a point to it. So I want to see the words you had. Uh, Caitlin said that she had, she just kept, joy kept coming up. And I, that's already started happening in the DR. Not like people sitting around laughing all the time and stuff like that. But joy is when Jesus sets you free and you understand real freedom. It's not a happy emotion. It's a freedom. Uh, it's the, a reality of a freedom that Jesus has already paid for. Uh, that's what's happening already there. Uh, that's what it was. Wes was talking about there are people in here who are saying, well, you know, I've prayed for a miracle and didn't get it. I prayed for breakthrough and didn't get it and all this. So what you were doing is you were holding on to this. Because this is what's familiar. Because I've done that before. I've prayed. I've believed and nothing happened. And the Lord said, if you'll let go then you can reach the destiny that I have for you. So I want to challenge you today. Don't go to bed tonight without going before the Lord and not going, Father, I pray. By going and say, Dad, what are those things that I've held on to out of security that I need to let go of so I can reach destiny? 
So ask the Lord for that today. Amen. God bless you.